0: one group of friends no idea one big dream from the lose to the boos to the queues what goes into making a festival happen
1: we pull it off
0: welcome to how to build a festival hi everyone and welcome back to how to build a festival i am back with ross and rachel Hi. and today we've decided to do something a bit different so rather than talk about our festival uh, we're going to do a bit of a roundup of our year in festivals and gigs so we're going to we've devised a couple of categories and we're going to talk about our award winners for the year some people might
1: think it's a little bit pretentious to do an award ceremony after five episodes but it's our podcast
0: we can do what we want. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Ross, Rachel, how have you been since we last spoke? What gigs have you been to? What have you been up to? So
2: um, on Monday, actually, yeah, it was Monday. What day is it today? It's getting towards that Christmas time where you don't know what time, what day of the week it is. On Monday, I we went to see the Big Moon at Union Chapel, which is an amazing venue. Um, and I have not always been a big fan of the Big Moon, um, but after this gig, I was definitely a big fan. Um, Rossi bought some merch, which I'm sure he'll tell you about, because they have very good merch. Um, but yeah, they played, um, my favourite bit of the gig actually was they did an acoustic set in the middle. It was all relatively acoustics, obviously the, the venues, a the church. Um, but yeah, the acoustic bit in the middle, they played some of their, their kind of oldest songs, like Formidable was brilliant. Um, what did you think, Rossi?
1: Uh, yeah, one of my favourite venues, Union Chapel, it's, um, for those who haven't been, it's like, a, it is a church, a chapel that's active. It's like a two-tier venue. It's got a bar and a really cool little restaurant attached. And they have some really, really good stuff in there throughout the year. Um, Big Moon, they kind of mixed up their set a little bit, did did some different sort of arrangements and versions of their songs, which often annoys me, but they weren't so different that you can't tell. It was actually really smart the way they did it, had some strings in there, really worked in the venue. I think I've seen them more than any other band now. And I think you must have. Yeah. has been a, a lot. A lot of them over the last six or seven years. And, um, yeah, the, the Monday was one up there with one of their best. Um, but. Uh, so I swear, I think maybe more people are listening to this podcast than we think, right? Because ever since we moaned about gig talkers, we've been to three in a row where like it's been <laughs> eerily quiet audience <laughs> in between songs. And Again, the band commented on how uh, how polite and quiet everyone was.
0: Oh, wow. They
2: did. Although it was in the church. So that's quite a kind of like, you know, and everyone's sitting. So already you've got kind of a bit of a more
0: reverential
2: environment. Yeah. But there was shushing. And Kat, you'll be interested in this. Jules, the um lead singer was in her Taylor Swift era. Oh really? (laughs) She um she had an acoustic guitar. Um she had like her hair was kind of all curly, she's wearing like a black dress and I sort of mentioned it to um our friend who we went with and Ross and then the band themselves commented on it. They're like Jules is in her Taylor Swift era
0: so yeah that was uh
2: that was a another surprise I wasn't
0: expecting yeah so I don't I'll be honest I don't normally like a church a gig in a church um mainly because quite often you can't take alcohol in they make you drink it
1: outside you can't you can't take it into the actual like um the chapel itself so you have to if you have a drink you have to have it in the bar it's a cool bar but um yeah you can't actually take it in it is a shame, yeah. but it does also stop me having a couple of drinks on a Monday night, which is not never a bad thing. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm kind of I've got high high hopes. I think they might outside shout for like a Thursday night headliner slot at one of our like Green Man or End of the Road or something like that.
0: Interesting. Yeah, interesting. We'll wait and see. All
1: right. That's um. Crack on with our recap of the year then. Um, Shall we start with funniest memory of the year from obviously from uh, live music or festivals that we've been to, not just. uh, Just general funniest (laughs) memory of the year. General funniest memory of the year. Um, All right, who wants to start? Rach, do you want to go first?
2: Okay, so I don't, I'm wondering if anyone else has got this one or not um But it was at Glastonbury. It was quite late at night. It involved one of <laughs> our very good friends coming back to the tent with some food, and it was not quite what he thought it was. <laughs> this made me actually cry and snort with laughter. Um, so basically, this was when um our friend came back, came back to the tent at Glastonbury, and he got some chips and was really happy with them, and then he realized that he put sugar on them.
0: <laughs> so it he,
2: he would be my nomination.
0: This is 100% my funniest, festival memory of the year. Like you cannot compete with this one, um, and it, it doesn't sound that funny when you retell the story. But I think it was the fact that he was so baffled by it. He was just, and he didn't seem to realise why it was funny. Like he's just like, yeah, I put sugar on them. Like, what's the problem? I was like, what? And the, uh, the, about it, the more upset he got, which was, which,
2: which was was not funnier. Yeah. It was, it was funnier. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. No, that's my. That's. I don't think I can compete with, with that for uh, funny memory of the year. Ross, can you attempt to to compete with it?
1: I, I'd forgotten about that. So I, I had the <laughs> Benny Hill style police chase outside uh, the Jamie Webster gig in the Avalon Field mm. at Glastonbury, Uh-oh. which was, um, again, visual humour in its best. Uh, but yeah, no, I think <laughs>
2: which
0: works really
1: well on the podcast. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think sugar chips is probably a. a, a a worthy winner of that category.
0: He'll be thrilled that we've told that to our, uh, our audience. All right. Um, so next up, we one of the sort of categories we wanted to talk about was our best non-music sort of event or thing at a festival this year. So Ross, what have you got for this one?
1: I really enjoyed... Uh, that's a, one of the things I used to really love about Glastonbury was like you'd go there and there was so much awesome stuff that you don't uh, normally see at festivals or, or whatever and I do think a little bit of Glastonbury is like same same year on year but we hadn't been since they put Glastonbury on sea in in place and I thought as a little area and a bit of a curiosity with some really cool stuff in I, I really enjoyed that it's quite a big installation and they have actors and it's just like um kind of a dystopian Brighton Pier really um it's good fun
2: yeah what about you Rachel? this is this is great I, I forgotten about that that was really good um I also really liked I don't know if it's been there. it probably has been there before but I also thought Carl Henge was really cool at um Glastonbury um I've gone for a couple of random uh things which were kind of not musical performances as such but um just kind of musical moments so on I don't know how this has started but on Sunday night at Greenman after the fireworks they have um a comedian who um, I think he's trying to entice people into the ten um so his comedy show, but what he does instead is just play the Finger Boys and gets everyone to do a massive conga around the comedy, like the comedy field and just outside it. Um, so that was was a very fun kind of uh, non musical moment, and encouraging new people who came to Green Man to um, partake in the conga was good. The Venga Boys um, and... are going
1: to be fuming that you've uh, taken their song and called it a non musical highlight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Uh, that was the highlight i think than, sure, than, sure. than then than in the band, uh, but it's a very good good one to conquer to and also again this is kind of i'm kind of cheating so this is musical but um me and a friend found bandioki at uh, at green man the shit and that was very very fun
0: okay um i put carhenge so i feel like because we kind of mentioned that twice maybe that one should win well, what do you
1: think we'll come back to carhenge when we talk about disappointment to the year um <laughs> <laughs> okay no okay, not well, my winner but we'll give it we'll allow it because it clearly a uh majority two three.
0: bad luck all right should we move on rachel what is next up i think you should introduce this one
2: okay oh. so this is very on brand um for me but the award is for best toilets
0: what are the, I, think what
2: gonna...
0: I think i'm going to start calling you toilet rachel like that can be your <laughs> like podcast nickname
2: Great. <laughs> <about that.
0: laughs> um, I feel like we might have the same answer for this, Rach. So I'm gonna answer. But I think the Green Man toilets are the best toilets. Um, mainly because of the introduction, introduction, introduction of the she Um, I thought that was a really positive introduction this year. Um, but in general, though, toilets they do do very well. There's always enough of them. There's not that much of a queue. They're quite clean in comparison to many others I went to this year yeah Mm -hmm. it's great
2: definitely the uh i think they were called pequel the female urinals were a revelation let's let's just say that russell about you probably less important
1: maybe for for you but still it's still beneficial to men because it reduces the cues for the other toilets um the uh, my sp- very specifically my favorite toilets are the uh, long drops on the way down from worthy view where <laughs> right oh. next to stromerville because they were like i was up before everyone else more or less in the entire festival and so i could just uh, stop off there and have a nice peaceful toilet break on
0: my own in the morning no one can ever say a long drop is their favorite toilet oh,
2: no i mean i guess those ones up there like unless you're going up to Strummerville or up to um the campsite we were on like no one else really uses them either so i guess they're probably quite lightly used toilets as well which is probably a, a benefit
1: yeah and they've been cleaned first thing in the morning as well which was always nice this
0: this obviously isn't a category, but worst festival toilets would actually, for me, go to worthy view because there was such a ridiculously long queue. Like they just didn't have enough for that campsite. Kind of
2: enough? No, not enough. no, definitely not.
0: Um, and that's easy. Like you,
1: it's quite a good value worthy view, but I feel like the the amount of there's, there's thousands of people staying in that field and paying hundreds and hundreds of pounds each to be in there. I feel like the yeah the um general mm. provision of services is isn't um that good still worth the money but uh agreed. they could do with at least double the amount of toilets they have up there
0: and more than just a bacon roll on offer Ideally. uh well that i th- so do we agree on green man though i think you know I
1: think specifically yeah. the uh female urinals isn't it i think
0: yeah i think that's yeah. that's agreed Uh, But then I guess that sort of neatly links in then if you're talking about the weather view provisions to biggest disappointment of the year. Um, So this could be anything, festival act, something that happened at festivals, Rossi's already touched on Car Henge, so do you want to start there?
1: (laughs) It didn't actually make my number one, but it was on my (laughs) list. um, I just felt like they could have done so much more with it than just stiff some cars on their nose. Bearing in mind that's in an area where there was an, a, an actual stage before. I think if they, there was a DJ there just sort of playing some stuff when we went over there, but I feel like they could actually have like DJs or something on there all the time. But anyway, my overall disappointment of the year is, um, Thursdays at every festival we went to. So I think. This isn't a particularly hot take. It's been covered elsewhere, but the Thursday at Glastonbury really needs rethinking. It's mm-hmm. uh, everybody's there. There's two hundred thousand people or whatever there is on on site, and there's a, a few musical things on, but all on tiny stages. It's borderline dangerous trying to get anywhere near anything going on. Um, they've taken away the one actual stage that used to have stuff on there and, and replaced it with Car Henge. Um, I, I just think the whole thing needs to be uh, thought over and, and almost start again with a blank piece of paper because it just the Thursday just doesn't work for me at Glastonbury. Similarly at Green Man last year 2022 Green Man they put on a full program including the main stage on the Thursday and um and it was great um and I thought then this is such a big move forward and they'll never go back to just having a couple of stages on and it's so busy that you can't really see anything and then they they did they they didn't open the main stage on the thursday uh, and the other festival we all went to go to together was um mutations in brighton and thursday was storm uh, storm chiara and uh sadly uh and you sadly weren't able to get down there because of the travel chaos on the on the way down so yeah thursdays at festivals this year was generally a disappointment
0: I mean, in general, I completely agree with you, and I think you're right about the Glastonbury lineup. But I had a great Thursday night. We went to see a bloke called Luke. He's just some guy Hello. singing karaoke on a stage. Luke was good. Having a
2: breakdown at the same time, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah
0: having an interesting moment i thought it was hilarious uh, but no i think in general that's a, a very good and very fair um summation of thursday nights of festivals and in general i would agree with you about both thursday nights and also sunday nights of festivals i find sunday nights of festivals quite difficult generally i feel like the atmosphere can be really flat not at glastonbury because everybody stays to the end at glastonbury but in general like green man Standen um to some degree mutations festival the sunday nights so of festivals can feel a little bit low that wasn't mine though um i put a specific act and i feel bad about saying this because i love her but mine was lana del rey i love lana del rey um and i was so excited to see her at glastonbury and then she was really late and i understand people can be late and that's you know things happen but it didn't seem to be a particularly good reason for it and then obviously she didn't kind of move her set forward so she just ended up missing all of her mass, all her really big songs um so yeah it was you know like don't be wrong I still thought she was really good but it was a shame for me I really wanted to see the whole set so that was my biggest disappointment
2: yeah that was that was disappointing because we came to try and um sort of see her as well but yeah it was that that was disappointing um my one was more um kind of like missing out on stuff so mine was like not getting tickets for various things so Aston Um and also Taylor Swift was my kind of yeah disappointment at not getting tickets for for musical things.
0: I feel like that's a 2024 disappointment. That just in the wrong. Actually, <laughs>
2: you right. Yeah, you're right because it's yeah the, the, the kind of the events aren't until
0: 2024. But... we should have put more rules around this honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but I think if I had to pick one of those, I'd probably pick Ross's like specific the that thursdays were not very good i can go with that
2: agreed i think the next one is um stage design slash outfit anyone got any thoughts for this
1: one um so best stage design or outfit i'm going to give this one for me specifically lana del rey's stylist who came onto stage and uh was just there doing her hair for the first fifteen minutes of her actual set. And I I couldn't work out at the time whether that was like some sort of part of the performance or whether she was literally still just getting her hair done. And and uh from everything I've read subsequently, I believe that she just, despite being half an hour late, still needed fifteen minutes more work done on her hair and was having it done whilst she was performing. So um uh yeah lana del rey's hairstylist
0: it was, it was very cool actually to be fair like although like i said it was disappointing when she was actually on stage it was amazing and that's made me think of a different one i hadn't got in my categories damn it
2: um i think my well i don't know if this really fits but i think i've put self-esteem because um i feel like she really put on a show um at green man in her um sort of headline slot and it was it was kind of obviously from the tour um, which I saw as well um, but yeah I felt like it was there was kind of a good amount of kind of theatrical kind of performance in it and it was kind of like a proper show and um, so I said self-esteem
0: I think that's really fair. I was actually just thinking about when we are talking about Lana Del Rey because both of them, I thought Lana Del Rey and Self-Esteem both put on like a proper show, which is really cool at uh, a festival. I think it must be quite a lot of effort. So, you know, fair enough. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I put our old favourites, Melon, Melon, um, oh. because they always make a little theme around their performances and the merch opportunities from that must be epic. I did not see a single person at Green Man without a, uh, Melon Melon hat. I think it was uh the most common outfit of the week. So yeah, that's my that's my vote for best outfitslash stage design.
2: And they also got um their crowd to wear outfits as so well. I didn't know they asked everyone to wear yellow and there was a lot of yellow being worn. So yeah, it was kind of like the band and the crowd outfits.
1: And really nice. sorry to drag this down to uh, money chat level, but um but uh, good for them because like There's so much stuff, and we talked about how hard it is to um, make ends meet if you're an independent musician or or artist, and they work extremely hard on, um, as you say, their set, the themes, all of that sort of stuff. It doesn't come across like a novelty um and they do make it work in terms of selling absolutely tons of merch and it actually had two different other artists on the lineup mention how much melon melon merch they've seen wandering around <laughs> one of them said even more than idols merch which is quite a quite an accolade um so yeah good for them coming up with a creative way to try and make make things work for them financially as well yeah
0: no i completely agree and i think that um that sort of effort really pays off because they've got a real little cult following I think um, because I think people can see that they really love it and they're having fun and just think you can always tell when a band's having a good time okay. like genuinely having a good time and yeah it's enjoyable so that's my vote what do you guys want to go with mm,
2: I don't know uh, now you've said melon melon I just love melon melon so I'd probably vote for them because um, they've got the crowd involved in their in their outfits as well
1: yeah, I think that's completely fair. Their stage design extended about a hundred metres in front of the stage as well. So so good on them.
0: Okay. Um next up is best lineup that we didn't go to. And I think we put because Glastonbury might always win best lineup. That's a problem, right? You can't just say Glastonbury, but um what's your twenty twenty-three lineup that we didn't go to of the year? All right, so
1: my one was um bearded theory. Um so had my eye on bearded theory for years and for whatever reason this year we um we didn't get tickets but they had uh the pretenders, they had Goggle Bodello, they had Flogging Molly, they had um Echo and the Bunnymen, Primal Scream, The Beths, um, the Go Team Uh, public service broadcasting, skinny lister, lanterns on the lake, the bug club, who we're big fans of, Mad Dog McRae, we really like the lovely eggs, snapped ankles, she drew the gun, a big fan of, big, I am a big fan of and never see them on festival apps. So yeah, um, I thought that was fantastic, um, fantastic effort from them and really with hindsight, wished we'd, um, wish we'd made it to that one
0: oh that does sound good yeah why do
1: we not go what are we doing I don't no because even last year we we had bought tickets to the one before covid and then completely mm-hmm. forgotten and like a week before we got a reminder on how to get like because i've been delayed twice <laughs> and i had to tell them at the last minute because rachel had covid i think at the time and so yeah i don't i just i don't know maybe because we got glastonbury tickets so and Gra- glastonbury green Never man between everything. them are like 10 days off work so yeah i don't know
0: yeah it's probably that okay um mine is rock verta which we have talked about on this on this podcast before because it's an interesting festival in that it doesn't really have a lot going on beyond the lineup but the lineup is insane every year um and the lineup in 2023 was like probably one of my dream lineups so it was there was red hot chili peppers headlined on the friday then muse headlined on the saturday and the arctic monkeys headlined on the sunday um just even that is probably enough for me um but there was like Sam Fender, 1975, Kasabian, Black Keys. I just honestly, I could go on. Interpol, like it was a very, very, very me as a lineup. So yeah, I'd have liked that one.
1: That's good. They've it... also got a good lineup already uh, forming for next year. As you say, every year for them is um, is extremely impressive what they managed to pull together.
0: Yeah, I think they really do just spend all their money on the lineup and like nothing else. Who's on it for next year? Uh,
1: so you've got F- Foo Fighters, it's annoying because it's kind of in alphabetical order, but, uh, Lenny Kravitz, Foo Fighters, Dua Lipa uh, already on there. Then you've got Avril Levine, Nothing But Thieves, The Kooks, Last Dinner Party, Arlo Parks, um, yeah, I'll be able Dropkick to talk. Dropkick Murphys, PJ Harvey, it's that's just two of the days i've got two so far snow patrol out okay. for me but they're a big name um and
0: is avril lavigne for you because you did mention avril lavigne i didn't uh, realize you're a big really, avril fan not necessarily it's a massive avril lavigne fan.
1: uh anyway yeah, yeah. this good stuff and that's only like probably about a third of the lineup so far Jungle, Michael oh. Kiwanuka. It's, it's great. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah. See, one to consider for next year maybe. Also, the weather's usually good there for some reason that's unclear to me. I don't understand fully why they get better weather than us, but yeah.
1: i seen the videos of the, I don't know what year it was. It might have been 2012 when it, the, um, the rain and wind was so much there were like tents getting ripped up and like <laughs> poles flying across the site. And then did we go in 2013 and it was like 38 degrees all week?
0: yeah it's boiling in my mind it's just always that hot maybe it's not fair maybe. enough and okay we didn't go
1: in the tent could we do you remember like we went to see i can't remember was it bastille and there were like thousands of people outside the tent and no one yeah it's to too hot yeah
0: and i saw someone drinking a carton of milk that was a really weird moment <laughs> yeah sorry not really relevant carry on uh, rachel what's your uh, favorite lineup from 2023
2: um just to give something um different to you guys uh, i've gone for latitude um mainly the pulp um that oh, really man. caught my eye and then looking down the lineup a bit more i mean some of it is quite um there's a little bit of kind of like 90s and noughties stuff in there but um metronomy like loved Matronomy last year at green man um the big moon are in there um lightning seeds who i really enjoyed like at glastonbury um but there's also stuff like young fathers um the big moon uh the Beths. so that, that was mentioned earlier and there's quite a lot of um other stuff like Last Dinner Party with there, the Merry Wallopers, which look they look so fun live. I really mean, want to see them Wonder Horse. Um and then there's actually a really good um kind of I know there's mixed thoughts about whether going to, about seeing comedy at a festival, but the comedy line up was really good as well. So um people like Bridget Christie, Ed Gamble, Sarah Pasco, um Susie Ruffle, uh Russell Kane. So yeah, there was kind of a, a, a kind of a good I'd say strong throughout strong throughout
0: their uh, their lineup you know you just mentioned the big moon twice when you did that list. did i mm, yeah
2: i think we're going to start oh, playing a drinking game
0: so we're going to start playing a drinking game on this podcast every time you guys mention the big moon someone has to do a shot um, <laughs> 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 um they're
2: on the brain in this week
1: <laughs> yeah they do come up a lot on this podcast but they're, they're um that's our podcast favourites. Um, Latitude is well known for its comedy lineup. that is good comedy lineup. My issue with, uh, comedy at festival, we go to quite a few festivals sometimes, like during August, September time, which is kind I feel like c- good comedy in that time of year is happening in Edinburgh. And what yeah. festivals mm-hmm. get left with is people like trialling stuff for their autumn tours or shows or whatever. And it all, it all feels a bit of an afterthought. So, um, yeah, Latitude, it was strong, strong, always strong comedy lineup. Um So, there you go. We give some positivity to Latitude after we were a bit down on them last week.
0: Yeah. I can't really pick between those three, to be honest. They all would have sounded pretty good. I guess I'm just happy to go to any festival. That's right.
1: the problem. <laughs> right, to go through. Well, we're going to have to pick, a, pick some festivals for next year soon. So, I um, want uh, to look at in the new year what's next most unusual
0: most unusual act of the year okay
1: so I had it's already been mentioned um so I had a an honorable mention for enjoyable listens and that's uh you, you refer to him as Luke who uh we saw in a in a bar to the side of the West Holt stage at Glastonbury on the Thursday night it was just about the only thing we could get anywhere near but it was uh really fun uh, definitely unusual it's a bit of a concept act, I suppose um the idea I think that his band had just quit just before the gig so he kind of has a full band setup which must be a lot to carry around because we don't use any of that stuff uh and then he's uh, <laughs> a very good fun kind of kitsch 80s sort of vibe good fun um yeah so that that would be my most unusual enjoyable listen of the year <coughs>
0: I think calling Luke a concept act it makes it sound very salubrious <laughs> to the what concept. was basically just the concept, the concept of white denim the concept of a man dancing on a bar basically <laughs> yeah uh, it, was, uh, no, it was good um I had links 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 oh, I'm never sure numbers. how many links is actually in the name um who we've seen a few times now but we saw at glastonbury um which i i really i think is always brilliant but um yeah i would describe it as like a sort of crazy drag pop dance type act um it's just really good fun uh i'm not gonna ruin it if anyone if anyone sees links on the lineup just go that's what i would Definitely
2: say love links um i thought ross might go for this one but um i've gone for les savvy Fav. So um, at Greenman, Les Savi Favre, uh were on, I think, kind of on Sunday afternoon, mid to late afternoon um, in the far out tent. And at that point on Sunday afternoon, it was like a bog in the middle. And the lead singer was not wearing very many clothes. Um, and what he was wearing was interesting. And he then proceeded to kind of jump down into the crowd uh carry a child around on his shoulders then was like oh where's the parent then he was like uh rolling around in the mud and kissing people's stomach licking people's stomachs maybe i don't know there was a lot going on it was quite unusual for maybe you can uh add add to that
1: it was unique um i'm looking forward to seeing them again in in february it was good stuff. really good stuff very yeah. very unique yeah that would have to I'd be just my like rate, to I say
2: i just like to say. Uh, you you and the our other male friend were like literally running away probably because the (laughs) the main guy was like snogging people and licking them but he was it was all men he was targeting so uh me and my friend were like standing there and then ross and the other guy like literally like ran away we were like why are you leaving us here (laughs) like they they were not they did not want to get involved in the in the interaction part did you babe
1: no not massively I think that's probably just about my just about my vote.
0: Yeah, sadly I missed because I was just on a train somewhere. Um, but it does sound very interesting. So yeah, I can I can let you t- let you have that one.
1: Links is great. I'd uh, look out for links on every single lineup we every festival mm. we go to.
2: So um, next up, we're gonna go for. Um, best live act kind of that we've seen for the first time this year so what's everyone's thoughts on that one
0: um I'm gonna say that me and Ross might have the same one here um but C Matt is the best act that I've seen for the first time this year um and we talked a lot about this on the last few episodes so if you'd like to hear more go back and listen to our previous episodes (laughs) Um, um but I just thought that she was amazing and i think her new album is like one of the best new albums i've heard in years and i'm very excited to hear more so and see her again next year so that's mine and i know it wasn't strictly at a festival but she did play at a festival it's just that she played really early and i was still in bed so that's not my fault
2: i think ross that probably leads on to you i can't imagine you've got something else but you may surprise us
1: um yeah nothing to add other than just yeah just brilliant um so I'm going to cheat a little bit and just throw in two that I had on a imaginary shortlist as if there were any other actual <laughs> feasible answers than CMAT. Uh, Floodlights and Gently Tender, Gently Tender, again, linked to the big moon, but also kind of, um, out of the band that were kind of getting quite big about 10 years ago, Palmer Violets, uh, really worth, uh, worth a listen and an Australian indie band called, um, called floodlights kind of similar to the murder capital but really impressed with both of those if
0: you're playing a okay. moon shot game you're already drunk now so that's good <laughs> <laughs>
2: just in time for christmas slash New year um so i think if i had seen Seema, i'm sure like i unfortunately missed out so i'm going to see her in may um so i think that would have been my um vote but I wasn't there sadly um so i was going to go for etta marcus at green man i thought she was brilliant live um, really enjoyed that set um, and also Last Dinner Party as kind of a new new band I've seen this year and I also got bought tickets to um, see Ellie Dixon um, in Islington and I really enjoyed that as well and i would never i would never heard of her before so those are my kind of three little uh, mm-hmm. thoughts but I think overall it has this one has to go to Matt
0: yeah last dinner party before my runner-up i did think about them and i thought about wonder horse as well so you know all bands we have talked about before but so no surprises really but um yeah i think cmat was the best one for me and the most exciting one for going forwards so i guess taking on from that like what was your best overall gig um not just for the first time what was your favorite gig from the year ross
1: well, it was, I, it was the CMAT gig at, <laughs> um, at Shepherd's Bush, but I I think if you take everything for for all sorts of different, it's got to be Elton, hasn't
0: it? Oh really? No, that's not what no, I've said. Okay. You can probably guess what I've said, because I would always say it if they're playing yeah yeah mine was the Arctic monkeys which and there's so much controversy at the glastonbury one actually okay. um, so I, was, I know i saw them but the sound was really poor um when we saw them at um oh you know the yeah, stadium whatever stadium was no it was the was it the emirates Army, yeah, it? yeah yeah the, yeah, the emirates American yeah that's it yeah, yeah the sound was terrible which i warned you guys about right you you saw it but i think you, yeah, were, it you would see it. maybe it was yeah it was but it was just appalling um uh but glastonbury i thought was amazing and i know that some people sort of complained about it and said he didn't interact with the audience enough, but I think that's kind of his thing and if any time he speaks, I'm happy. So um yeah, as the Arctic monkeys go, so goes my nation. That's um that's just how I work on afraid. So that's my gig of the year.
2: So I'd I'd thought of Elton John as well. That was on my kind of uh short list, but I think I'd have to go for the gig I've seen, I guess, twice this year. So at Hammersmith Apollo and then at Greenhound, I'd have to go for self esteem. I just thought The whole show is absolutely amazing um to have like complete pin drop silence um when she played actually is her song called john elton elton john John what's that one yeah john elton yeah so we've kind of got a weird link here we're kind of merging Mm -hmm. between the two but um there was a you know absolute pin drop silence at a headline set at a festival like you never get that i just think self-esteem was absolutely amazing so yeah who are we gonna go for
0: i don't know because that was really good it did make me cry actually but then I also cried at the Arctic Monkeys um, and oh, I
2: I like Russ cried at Matt, so we, we you know <laughs> this one's I
1: think maybe, maybe uh, a joint winner maybe well maybe we'll go yeah. self-esteem I, if I was going to say what was like the best individual live song from a festival this year yeah. I would have picked a song out of that self-esteem set maybe, maybe we can oh. settle uh, mutually on self-esteem I don't know what do you think Kat
0: I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I'll just fight for the Aussie monkeys till I die. Um, but no, um, but I think we can agree to disagree. And yeah, like I say, well, you let Carl Henge win. So it's two out of three. And like I say, it's not a bad winner. <laughs> well. um, yeah. OK, fair enough. No, self-esteem was very good. So well, hopefully, we are... hopefully we've
1: talked about some acts there that will be uh, of interest to in people who listen to this and might not have heard before. So do give them a listen.
0: Definitely, yeah, if there's anyone on there that you haven't heard of, then check them out because I think we're all big fans of everyone we've we've mentioned. um If you haven't heard of Taylor Swift,, <laughs> Where have a, been? Yeah, I'll be a bit concerned, um but okay, so we are very grateful to everyone who has listened so far this year, really excited for next year, and we're hopefully going to launch at least a mini version of our festival, um so please do keep listening.
2: Um, We've made a Spotify playlist for you all um, with some of our award winners and all the bands we've been mentioning um, on the podcast so
0: far. Um, So we'll we'll put that in the show notes and we'll um, put it on our Instagram. So if you haven't heard of some of the bands we've mentioned today or some of the ones we've mentioned over the last couple of episodes, go and give it a listen and hopefully you'll get some new enjoyable music. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. We hope you have a very happy new year and we will see you in 2024. Thank you again to Tony Flagg's music for our introduction music and to Glenn for our artwork. See you all in next year. Bye.